Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Let's go to Ephesians 6. We're in this series that we're calling Battle. And what we're doing is we're, we're taking this famous text uh, where Paul talks in Ephesians chapter 6 and where he, uh, he, he talks about the spiritual armor and, and, and highly probable that he's chained to this Roman guard and he's speaking to the church in Ephesus as he writes and he's, he's wanting them to become successful in the Christian faith. He's wanting them to know that they're in a spiritual battle. And so he's using the picture uh, of a Roman soldier and saying, hey, in the same way that they're in a battle, you're in a battle. And as we've been in this prayer series during these 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's about the spiritual battle that we're all in. And so we've been taking one uh, piece of the, ar- of the armor, pulling it out of the armory and talking about it. Uh, and so this week, we're going to keep doing that. Um, and so today, we're going to look at the shield of faith. Uh, so I'm going to read the whole text, and then we're going to talk about the shield of faith today. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, here we go. Also, one more thing I wanted to say. I just want to say thanks to everybody that joined Josh and I on Insta- Instagram live at 6 a.m. this week. That was really fun. And so it was really great. And a big hand to Josh who drove over to my house at like 5.30 in the morning every day. And so I know that there is great reward for him only in heaven though. So um, <laughs> just kidding, bad joke. All right, Ephesians chapter six, here we go, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, so as a result, because there's a a battle, what do we do? Therefore, take up, so active verse, you do something as a result of the fact that there's a battle, you do something. What do you do? Take up the whole armor of God, the whole armor, not two or three, but all of them. Take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. There's an evil day. It's going to be challenging. Life's not a cakewalk. It's not going to be simple. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, he comes back again, having fastened, and now he starts naming them, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Interesting. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints." So we'll highlight that shield of faith in all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Father, we love you today. We ask in Jesus' name that uh, faith would mark our lives, that this language of victory, of winning the battle uh, would become a testimony in each one of our lives as we go to battle. 
as we face a very real enemy. And as Paul wanted the church in Ephesus to so win and stand firm, we ask that you would help us to win. We ask that you would help us to stand firm. I pray for every marriage. I pray for every uh, child. I pray for every teenager. God, I pray for every uh, single adult. God, I ask in Jesus' name, would you be at work? Would you help us to conquer, to be victorious? In Jesus' name, and Radiant Church said amen. The most commanded, uh, uh, the most repeated command in the Bible uh, is this idea of do not fear. So 365 times in the scriptures, you have do not fear or fear not or do not be afraid. And so when you've got messengers from heaven verbalizing to an individual uh, something that they need to catch, If you were to picture someone coming and an angel coming to speak to you, or maybe if the Holy Spirit through somebody is writing something to you, our temptation is to think the primary thing that the message would be is shape up, is get better, is, but, but, but the, the primary thing, I mean, like 365 times there is this message, don't be afraid. And so whether it's to Abraham or whether it's to Uh, Gideon, or whether it's New Testament, even like Joseph and Mary, there's this frequent idea, a messenger to Gideon. It's showing up and here's what the messenger says, don't be afraid. So there's lots of other messages, but I'm just telling you the number one in terms of, in terms, not, not in terms of quality, but in terms of quantity, like it's just hit over and over and over again is don't be afraid, fear not, do not fear. We read it in the Psalms, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So I think that we could imagine that one of the primary ways the enemy keeps us trapped in bondage, not fulfilling all that God has for us, is to keep us afraid, to keep us in fear. And it's quite probable that if you had a messenger come to you, that the message might include in it, don't be afraid. And when you look at the, the messengers that come, the angels that come and quick to say, don't be afraid, no doubt about it. It's because it would be freaky to have an angel Wah! right in front of you. But it's also often tied to something that heaven wants a person to fulfill, to do. So we like to say it this way at Radiant. We wanna help you go on a journey with Jesus. We wanna help you know God. We want to help you find freedom, get delivered from the things that keep you bound, discover what God's got for you so that you can fulfill the mission, so that you can go out and be a part of doing the thing that God calls you. You, you, you have a purpose. We say around here so that you can make a difference, so that, you, so that because of your life, other people's lives are changed, influenced, transformed. There's something that God has for your life. And if there's a way that the enemy will try to keep you from accomplishing that purpose, that mission, it's to get you in the chains of fear. It's to get you afraid. It's oftentimes the thing that keeps people from taking a risk or pressing in. And what I have found is that this idea of faith or this shield of faith, and and this here in Ephesians 6, this would not be about faith for salvation. This would be about faith to accomplish the purposes of God. This would be about an ongoing walk of faith. This would be about Paul speaking here about them, them standing against the enemy. This is Post-salvation, this is like, all right, don't let the enemy trip you up. Don't let the enemy cause you to stumble. I mean, walk in faith. 
And what I have found is that many times in our journey, we go through seasons where we walk by faith and then we'll wake up and there's been a long season where we, we've allowed fear to creep in and we've gotten comfortable. And every time that you start to get comfortable, it's amazing how often when the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life, he begins to call you to step out of fear into something that's gonna require great faith. He begins to do something inside of you that is not easy, that is, is actually inherent in the obedience of it. Trusting God rather than trusting self. Walking in something that's gonna be supernatural. And I think all of us go through different seasons where the Lord will say, I wanna call you to take another step of faith. In other words, it's not one step of faith. It's not one season. It's not just, okay, I'm gonna take this big risk. And in my 20s, I did something great for God. I went on a mission trip when I was 21. It's not, I, okay, I, I stepped out and I said yes to this uh, calling or this one um, gift or this one assignment one time. What's amazing is that God, all the way through our lives, he's looking so much at eternity and you've got one opportunity to walk by faith in the 70, 80, 90 years you have at planet earth that in your 50s, 60s, 70s, he's still saying, I still want you to leave everything that's comfortable and walk by faith. And it's this ongoing process. And yet it's easy for us to start to walk in fear because we've risked before, we've stepped out in faith before. But what if the Lord is inviting us unto an ongoing perpetual life of faith? What if it's counter to the American way, which is once, you've, once you have succeeded, then live on yesterday's wealth and yesterday's success and have some comfort in your latter years? What if God is inviting you in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 50s, in your 60s, in your 70s to step out into faith? I've gone through seasons where I feel like I've walked by faith and I've gone through seasons where I found myself crippled by fear. One of the times where I found myself in fear was in, in, uh, in, in 2000, late 2015, where I knew I had a burden from the Lord to leave where I'd been for 15 years to go plant a church. And it was in me, like I knew. I, Renata and I had a moment where we sensed the Lord calling. And I began to talk on the phone with a pastor friend of mine about the process, about planting a church. And we knew it was Kansas City and we knew that it was gonna be called Radiant. And we knew the why, we knew that the Lord uses new churches to reach people who are far from Jesus and that statistically new church plants reach people at a fast rate. And we knew that there's more churches closing than churches starting in America every year. And we knew that it was, it was what God had called us to do, but it was risky and it was scary. And because we, we knew the why, but we didn't know the who, <laughs> who on earth is gonna go with us. We didn't know the where, we didn't know in terms of like what location, <laughs> we didn't know a lot of the details. We didn't know how, how on earth do you do it? How, how, I mean, I didn't even know what trailers were or trucks before we moved here. I had never heard of pipe and drape. I mean, it was a different world, right? We didn't know a lot of the what, but we knew the why. And, and, and so it was this little season where I, I started to know it was coming but I started to just call this pastor friend of mine and ask question after question after question. And, and I'll never forget the moment where he said, David, hey, at some point you're gonna just have to step out in faith even though you don't know the details. And I said, I'm just being reasonable. And he said, don't use reason as license for fear. <laughs> Everybody needs a friend like that. And that's the friend that I want to be to you today. 
I want to be the friend that says, how's God calling you to step out? Because that guy shoved me in the back. Like, I just thought, who do you think you is anyway? I'm trying to get help from you, you know? And he's like, you're going to have to step out. You will not know the details. You will not know how it will work out with people. You do not know where it will be. You do not know how it will work out financially. You do not know how it's going to work out for your family, but you have a word from God. And if you have a word from God, it's time to obey in faith rather than sit back in fear. And in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, my dream is that many of you got a word. My dream is that you started to hear God speak. Pull away some of the clutter. Pull away some of the things that just fill up our lives. That's why I'm such an advocate of you fasting social media or Netflix or just things even that could just fill up our time. In addition to fasting some form of food or all food or whatever you did, because I'm just, as your your friend, I wanna fight for you to be able to just hear God because once you get that, then the Lord invites you. I want you to come forward. I want you to step out in faith. And today I want, I want you to begin to just put feet to the word that the Lord gave you. Like in 2020, like this year, like not delay, not sit back, but just obey. And it's interesting because this idea of this shield here, this, the, the, you can read about different kinds of shields that the Romans would have. And this shield, this Greek word here for this shield was one that they would take into battle uh, and, and it was, but it was like a four foot sh- shield um, by two and a half, so four feet long, two and a half feet wide. So this was not like the small hand-to-hand combat shield. This was the shield that they would take as they were going into a city. This was this, the, and, and the fiery darts from probably along the, the, the city gates, like keeping you. So this would be, this would be, this would be on attack mode. So it's, it's a battle motif And we've got the idea of stand firm multiple times. Yet this shield idea, in terms of this was that Paul used here, this is the big shield. This is the shield that covers the whole body. This is the shield where they would lock shields together. The Romans would. And so it would make like a wall of shields as they pressed up against the city. And so it's interesting because it's kind of frontline language. It's the language of the enemy's going to be shooting the fiery darts at you as you're attacking, as you're moving forward. So if you can visually picture, Paul's picturing here, he's speaking to the church in Ephesus as you are, you're in the battle against the enemy. And as you're moving forward, there's going to be the fiery darts or fiery arrows. And that's where they light, they light the arrow on fire and shoot it so that when it hit, sometimes they would put it in a poison. So if it hit you, it's poison, light it on fire. Sometimes they'd, uh, so that it, when, when it hit you, it was obviously light a whole fire, or whatever. So that's kind of the language. We don't necessarily fight this kind of way, but many of us have seen it in movies. So that when you're moving forward, if it, it's, it's this whole body, but it's, I want you to see it. It's kind of this, it's this offensive. It's this moving forward towards the city. Now, thinking about that in your life, this is speaking of an active faith. This is speaking about a present tense, you taking steps, taking ground, getting pushed out by some comrades, maybe in a small group, hint, 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 some small groups, some people that are saying, hey, you got a lot going and and you've heard God. It's time to put some steps to that. It's time to get out of the comfort zone and just go. Because I think it's easy for us as Christians to avoid the front line because we know it's safer back here. And the people that are up front, they're taking more fiery darts, right? Like when you're pressing up, the enemy 
is going, I'm gonna take out the front line. But when you're walking by faith, when you're like, I'm gonna fulfill the call of God, you gotta know, you gotta know you're gonna get hit more. Have you ever noticed that in your own life? Like maybe right at salvation, right when you started following Jesus, boom, the enemy came and attacked. Or every time that you try to step out, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pursue something that's costly in the area of prayer or fasting or giving or sacrifice or leading or, or, or I'm, gonna, I'm gonna voluntarily forego something in, in terms of getting, getting free. And oftentimes that's when the enemy comes and attacks. So when you're sitting back and comfortable, a lot of Christians, they don't have many attacks, but they're not attacking. They're, and, and, and there's no... When you read Jesus in Matthew 16, he speaks of the church in kind of this same battle language. Because Jesus looks at Peter and Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus looks back to him in verse 13. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I tell you, you are Peter on this rock. I'll be in my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. It's intriguing language. It's battle language. And he's speaking about the church and it's that warfare motif. So when we talk about this, yeah, we're definitely talking about you in terms of you carrying the shield of faith, but Paul would have been talking to the whole church in Ephesus. It's not just you. American individualism, we like me. What's up? My journey, my battle. But this is, this is us as a church and this is big C, the church of Jesus as well in the battle together. When you are on the attack, when you're going after it, you watch the enemy comes after you. But Timothy Keller says it this way. He goes, it's actually a compliment. <laughs> Hard to believe that. But when you're moving forward in faith and you're, you're being obedient to the last word that you heard from God and it's sacrificial and it's costly and it's risky, but it's active faith rather than back row lethargy, I just like that Timothy Keller says it's actually a compliment because the enemy's coming after you because you're a threat. Because you're literally, you're, 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 I mean, we're the church. And this is, when I was a kid, I had no idea what gates of hell. I grew up as a pastor's kid, so I'd heard this verse before. And so I would hear this verse. And for whatever reason, I always pictured, okay, we're the church and we are attacking hell with like white picket fences. Like that's literally what I would picture in my head. We're, the gates of hell won't keep it. All right, gates. We're and, but, but listen to the language of this. This is, a, this is an old city that had gates at the front of the city. And so the gate would open up all right? And so this idea is offensive language. It's living on offense. It's, it's the church. It's the people of God attacking and the gates of hell can't keep them out because they're so powerful. You, are you understand? You understand you're saying it's not like a silly skit about gates and picket fences. This is like, this is like the church is on offense. The, the church has picked up their shield of faith and moving forward. Temptation is to just kind of set my shield down. Oh, thank I, I, I had my day of, a of taking risks, stepping out in faith. Don't know if I could do it now. Ever been there? Uh, I think we all do this. We see this, this can be illustrated easy with sports, right? My, uh, my son, Justice, loves urban air right over here at Metcalf and 143rd. And so, um, I, a little embarrassing, but I, at urban air, uh, one time played dodgeball with him and about mm, 25, 10 year olds. It was awesome. Uh, it was actually the most confident I've been in years. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
So I was playing with Justice and all these kids that we didn't know, but we were on the same team. We're kind of tag teaming and they didn't know how old I was anyway. They're like, he's probably 15 or 16. So uh, <laughs> had a hat on. Anyway, and, uh, but what, it, <laughs> what I found was, was that if you go jump up and go to the front line to get a dodgeball, best chance you're gonna get hit, right? But if you hang out in the back, jump, 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 you hang out back here, Less chance you're going to get hit, but you're not helping your team win either, right? There's a lot of us, <laughs> you've been in the back for a long time. It's comfortable back there not taking a hit, but you've got 70, 80 years to have a life marked by faith. And there's something that brings a smile on God's face when you walk by faith. When you say, I'm gonna get out of what's comfortable and I'm gonna actually help. I'm gonna play my part. I'm not asking you to play any part that is not what God wants you to do. I'm just saying you listen and you obey. Really, we're talking simple obedience. You're just obedient to what the thing God has called you to do. And so when God, and, but you have to listen to get that. You have to have heard God to get that. You see it in basketball, right? We got any ballers out there, All right, Basketball. In basketball, if you're playing five on five, and there is a guy who can't jump, can't shoot, can't pass. It is not long before you're just like, let's just let that guy go, right? And I'm gonna double team Kenny Reed, maybe triple team, right? I mean, unless it's church ball, then you feel bad and you're like, I'll guard you, but this is mercy and sympathy. I don't wanna embarrass you, right? But if it's playing with Skylar in the streets, he don't care. He's like, just let that guy go. He's bad, right? You with me? Okay. So here's the point. You're gonna go guard the one who's a threat. You're gonna go after the one who's a threat. And this is the way in the battle, in spiritual battle. The enemies, when you are, you're fasting and praying and you're obedient to the word of God and God puts this impression, this burden. You hear someone speak something. The scriptures come alive. You see it in a different way and you're obedient to it. Mm, the enemy's gonna be after you. And I'm just telling you, it's better to be in the battle making a difference Knowing this idea, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And though there are fiery dots being shot at me, pow, I got the shield of faith. And God gives me an assignment that he'll give me strength and power to do. I got to move forward in faith. Temptation is to slump back in fear. But what is the Lord calling you to in 2020? That'll look like I am moving forward in faith. I am not sitting back. This is not the year that I sit back and compromise. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna obey. I'm gonna be obedient to God. Listen to the language in uh, Ephesians, sorry, in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, and this is the great hall of faith. But I just love this brief little paragraph we get about Abraham. It says it's by faith, Abraham. So this is the great uh, list of people that walked by faith. But there's just some commentary that the author of Hebrews gives us about Abraham that I think is, the idea from this morning. Hebrews 11, Abraham, when he uh, was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward forward, looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So I just want you to see, see this. There's a few things I want you to see. That, that phrase, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he's hearing God. He's listening. 
You don't, you don't, you don't say, I'm going to go do this and God, you bless it. No, no, no. You listen and get, this is what the scripture, this is what I'm sensing the Holy Spirit speaking me through the scripture. This is what I'm sensing as I'm in my small group and I, I sense the Holy Spirit. This is where the Lord's leading me. Many of the times I've sensed like the Lord was leading me, I was usually talking to a, a, a believer who is 25, 30 years older than me and I'm just listening and I can hear it. I've got memories in my head of listening to my dad and just hearing. That's the word of the Lord for me. I've got memories in my head of listening to a pastor who's mentoring me and him just talking, 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 and boom, it just this phrase leaps out and I can feel like the Holy Spirit putting that in my heart. I've got moments in my memory of reading the scripture and just this one verse about not walking in fear, but walking in faith hits in a way that's different and I know the Lord. I have in my head, I know this is what the Lord's calling me to do. It looks scary, it looks hard, it looks risky, it looks sacrificial. That's why we do 21 days. It's for you to get that word. It's for you to, it's for you to sense it, for you to know it. And I'm telling you, this is when you, when you step out in faith and then obey. That's, look at this one. By faith, Abraham, when, he was, when, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed. That's, I want you to see that, obeyed. So you get the word, faith listens or faith hears, faith obeys, and it obeys without the details. We always want the details. That's the story that I was telling you about me. I wanted the details. I didn't know Overland Trail Middle School. I didn't know Nathan or Rachel would come. I knew Renata was coming. <laughs> and I pitied my poor children. <laughs> oh God, please protect them as we go. You don't know how it all works out. You don't know the details, but you're just obedient to what God says. I've given this illustration before, but I just want you to catch it. It's like when it comes to obedience and faith, we want a map, right? Give me, give me, give me Google Maps. Just give me go down, you know, take it, go down to 135th, turn right, follow that down, turn left, pull into the buffet at Nick and Jake's, plus God, right? Like that's, that's what we want, but that's not the way that the Lord works. He doesn't, he never gives you the map. He never says, go this far, then turn left, then go this far, then, and here's a little voice all along the way. Here's, you know what he does? Here's a compass. It's that way. And he promises, I'll be with you. You go, I'll be with you. Yeah, I gotta, I'd like it better if you just said, do this for two years, then do that for three years, and then tr- listen to this guy, and then I'll, you'll, I'll get paid this salary. If, and then, if you could just lay it out for me, and he goes, that's not faith. That's you walking by sight. I want relationship. I want you dependent on me. Oh, but God, it'd be so easy if you would just tell me. He goes, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be with me forever and ever in heaven like that. Here's what I want you right now. It's your privilege to walk by faith in this season. but I'd rather walk in fear. That's the problem. I need you to walk by faith. I need you to trust me. Uh, I'd rather trust a plan than a person. That's a problem. That's you. That's your brain. I want you to trust a person. I want you to trust me. Yeah, but if I trust in you, then I'm going to have to lean into you every day. That's, you got it. Oh, then then I'm going to have to like wait on you every day because I am, I, I can't see. Yep, that's it. Well, then I'm going to have to feed on faith rather than feed on fear. Yep. You're getting it. Oh, I'd like to walk by my own sight and my own strength. Mm-hmm, that's the problem. I want you wholly dependent. I want you eating spiritual manna every day. I want you praying and fasting, being wholly dependent on God. And it, trust me, if you'll get that, you'll never regret it. Trust me, I'm smarter than you are. Ah. Or you can look at it this way. He gives you your, a light for our path, a, a lamp. It's a lamp. Uh, I'm a lamp unto your feet. 
I swear you could see about three or four feet in front of you. All I know is this. We tend to say, God, I don't want a lamp. I want a spotlight. Pow! I want to be able to see everything. He goes, I don't give spotlights. I'm a lamp to your feet. Well, if you're a lamp to my feet, then I need you with me every step of the way. He goes, "Mm, that's the Christian journey. So if you'll be obedient to just this, I'm going to listen. Many people don't make a difference because they don't listen and hear God and walk with him and then say, I'll obey no matter what you call me to. Because then that last one right there, where Abraham actually like sacrifices, lives in tents, goes to a place, a foreign land, that's called sacrifice. And faith always requires sacrifice. Whole lot of blessing in Abraham's life. A lot of blessing. I mean, he, he becomes the father of a great nation. There is some some blessing once he gets to the, where God's taken him. But it's also looking to eternity. Seek first the kingdom. There's a lot of blessing and all these things will come, but my motive is not here. My motive is an eternal reward. It's an eternal city. And I'll live in tents if you want me to live in tents. In tents, two words, not, anyway. Uh, <laughs> in tents, right? I'll, I'll do what you've called me to do. And that's the way, That's the way that Abraham walked. And and this is like all through the scriptures. This faith thing, this is your privilege. This is your great opportunity. When we read Jesus, actually Hebrews 11, it says that God takes pleasure. I just, and I I love that idea. And without fear, it is impossible to please God. Pleasure. Without faith, it is impossible. If you don't walk in faith, it's impossible to please him. That's a strong language from Hebrews. So he finds pleasure God finds pleasure when you walk by faith. Just think about how much you love him and the opportunity in your lifetime to bring him pleasure. How? Walk by faith. You could bring, and we see it. Whenever you want to know what God is like, we look at the life of Jesus. And you could see this happening with Jesus over and over again, right? I'm just going to sail through these, but Jesus always takes pleasure in people that choose faith. When he heals the centurion's servant in Matthew 8, 10, Jesus says, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith, pleased, pleasure. Wow. Look at this centurion with faith. Matthew 9, when Jesus saw their faith, these friends of the paralytic, when they brought in this paralytic man, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, take heart, your sins are forgiven you. He was pleased. He smiled. He saw the faith of the friends. Matthew 9, 22, The woman with the issue of blood, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. He's going, whoa, reach out, touch the hem of the garment. (sighs) It's this pleasing pleasure. Wow, you've got faith? Matthew 9, 29, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored, speaking of blind men. Last one, Matthew 15, 28, the Canaanite woman who's, Asking for her daughter. Jesus said to her, verse 28, woman, you have great faith. It's that word over and over again. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Do you remember when Addison Bevere was here? He had a great phrase that he said he was, when he spoke. He just released his new book and it's one of the chapters of his new book. But he said this, he said, faith is God's love language. <laughs> I just loved it. At first when he said it, I thought it was weird. I was like, uh, it's weird. Gary Chapman's five love languages, it's weird. What are you talking about? But it stuck in my head. And what he was making the point is there's just something about when you step out in faith, it pleases the heart of God. It's, it's, 
It's everything that pushes up against your flesh and everything that says yes to the spirit. And so I'll just close with this. In studying this week, which by the way, this is like, this is, this is such a fun subject to study because we live in a great opportunity as a church, just in who we are right now. We're just, we're getting started and this is the fun season to step out and take risks and walk by faith. And actually in Genesis 15, when God speaks to Abram, it's the same idea. Do not be afraid, Abram, for I am your, and he uses the same language. The guy who goes down in the hall of faith as famous for faith, the word from God is, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your very great reward in the NIV or your exceedingly great reward in the New King James. Hey, don't be afraid. Why? Because you awesome, boy. No, don't be afraid. Why? Because it's gonna be easy. Mm-mm. Don't be afraid. Everything's gonna go well for you. No, not circumstance. I am your shield. I'm your protector. Fiery darts coming. Bad circumstance coming. Challenges coming. It's a spiritual battle. Yeah. But pick up that shield. I am your shield. Walk by faith. I'm your reward. I just, I, was, I can't prove this, but Paul being expert in the Torah and using Ephesians 6, faith and shield, I just think he's thinking Genesis 15, can't prove it. I just think he's going, oh yeah, faith, a shield. Come on. That's the word of the Lord to Abraham. Abraham. I just want to encourage you with that. I think many of us, I think many of us can put down our shield because the battle gets long. And to step out in faith again requires risk and sacrifice and being close. We live with so much comfort that to actually live with eternity in mind and be willing to listen to God, obey God, and sacrifice for the sake of eternity, we just tend to believe a different narrative. Give me the best car, best house, most entertainment, another round of Netflix. I don't want to serve. I don't want to pray. I don't want to give. I want big money in my retirement. And I just think that there's something beautiful about when you say, I'm not going to live that way. I'm going to keep taking steps of faith to the end. I might be 43 years old, but this is my year to risk and step out in faith. I might be 63 years old, but this is my year. So I'm not done. I'm not living on the faith of yesteryear. I was just reading this week about Francis Chan, and you may have a different opinion on this, but I was just reading about here is a guy who hit the big time with Christian books, wrote Crazy Love, speaks at every conference, and at 52 years old with lots of children, he's made a choice to go reach the poor and start new churches in Hong Kong. And this is the language he's using. I just, I just I want to keep obeying God. I'm not going to allow my book success and my church success to keep me in a big house just traveling on airplanes in America. I want to make a difference. So I only got one chance to walk by faith and I was just inspired by it. And I just thought, what if... 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, we just said, to the end, I'm gonna listen. And many of us, don't, we, don't, we don't step out in faith because we haven't listened. But if you listen, he's got a little baby step for you, a little, little next step for you. A little, little, okay, I want you to serve. I want you to 
pray. I want you to, I want you to speak to that person. I want you to have a vision for that person to come to know Christ. I got this vision for your family. I want your kids to know God. You're spending a whole lot of money here. I want you to move it here. You're spending a whole lot of time here. I want you to pray here. You're spending a whole lot of energy. On, I want, here, I, I got, I, if you'll let me, I'll, I'll, I'll call you. Don't, don't be afraid. I am your shield. I'm your reward. This is bigger than you. This is bigger than your strength. Aren't you glad that faith looks at God, not looks at me? Faith goes, I'm looking to you. I'm looking to the eternal city. I look to you. And if you say it, I'm a slave by choice. I'm a bond servant. I'm all in. I'm a person of faith. In these 21 days, I've sensed the Lord speak to me about three things. And you know what? Uh, I'm changing three things in my life. And I couldn't see them before the fast. I couldn't see them. Like nothing circumstantially has changed in my life. But now as I look at 2020, a lot has changed. Because I just, I feel like I can see like how God sees a little bit more. And, and I can depend on him. All of them are gonna require big faith, big risk. But now I sense, this isn't my strength, this is God's strength. If you don't come through, <laughs> but I know he will. He's been faithful in the past, he'll be faithful again. My circumstances didn't change, but the way that I saw it. It's Ephesians 1 where Paul says, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I, that I might see God. Open the eyes of my heart. Get me, open up my heart eyes. So the money didn't change, the circumstance didn't change, my family didn't change, the church didn't change. But none of that, all, everything stayed the same. But the way I see it, I can see with faith eyes. Instead of my perspective, I feel like I'm looking at it from God's perspective. And it's changed. So I feel like I'm going into 2020 with a little bit of, <clears throat> let's go, let's move forward. And I believe the Lord wants to do that in you. And this morning, I just wanna give you a little, <clears throat> let's go. Let's go fulfill what God's got on your life. Take that step of faith. Take that next step. We bow your heads with me, Father. We come before you this morning so grateful to be your people. Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would be at work in each man and each woman that's here today. We want to be a people that walk by faith, not by sight, not by fear. No, no, no. We're no longer slaves to fear. We've been redeemed. We've got the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We're people of faith. Would you just take a moment? Would you just ask the Lord, what are you, what are you saying to me today? Now we just tell the Lord, yes, I'll obey. I'll obey. I will activate that. I will not delay. I'll be obedient. Yes, Lord. may be here today and you want to begin the journey of faith you've just been had the Holy Spirit moving your heart today and you go I, I don't want to walk by my strength I want the supernatural strength of God you can begin a journey with Jesus today it starts by coming before him and confessing him as Lord of your life 
And I just wanna lead you in a prayer. And if you'll just say this wherever you're at, this isn't the only thing you need to say in your journey with God, but it's the starting place. Just say this to the Lord, Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. And I give you my life. Save me and change me. I put my faith in you. I wanna go your way, not mine. I will follow you. Save me. Heal me. Change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together.